0: Thank you, Lord, for the roof over our heads, for the seats we are sitting on. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world who are imprisoned or persecuted just because they are Christians. We are mindful of them today. We pray for them. We pray blessing. We pray joy. We pray peace. Holy Spirit, be with them wherever they are. Let them know that they are not forgotten, that they are being prayed for by Uh, This church here in Southern California, Holy Spirit, we invite you here today That as we read your word, that you would give us the understanding and the wisdom to not just hear it, but to apply it in our lives. Jesus, we declare you as Lord over this church, over this message and over our lives. And we thank you for all you have done, all you are doing and all you are going to do. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Alright, so we're jumping back into our Abide series. And I want to give you a, uh, kind of like a few definitions of Abide. So, to abide simply refers to the moment-by-moment experience of walking in harmony, communion or fellowship, with the Holy Spirit. Walking in harmony with the Holy Spirit. That is, without any unresolved offenses that are disrupting that harmony so the easiest way to explain it is like this Um, if Vanessa and I are on the way to church and we get in an argument right we show up to church and then people come up to us and like hey man God's good and we're like yeah yeah he's all right like he's cool (laughs) there's something in us that we're not able to celebrate we're not able to Really have that joy because there's something that happened between us that is unresolved. So I always advise people, if you're arguing on the way to the church, that's fine. But work it out before you walk in, you know. Use it kind of like as a place where you're like, we got to figure this out before we walk in. Okay, you apologize, you say I love you, and you go into church and you worship. Okay, if there's other things to talk about. Spend the time talking about when you need to in a healthier spirit. But what I'm trying to point out is that you can have this same interrupted relationship with the Holy Spirit, where there's something that's unresolved. It's an offense because the Holy Spirit is asking you to stop, or the Holy Spirit is challenging you. Don't live like that anymore. Stop thinking like that. And there's this like um, this thing that that you you head. It's a you know when you get an argument, it, like it's like ah. And you're just like bothered and and everybody else bothers you. You know, like you're bothered by your spouse and then somebody comes and says hi. And you're like, who? What, me? Don't say hi to me. Who do you think you are? You know, like it's all, it's every, you hate everybody, right? So what I'm saying is walking in harmony. You walk with the Holy Spirit without any unresolved offenses. The literal definition for the word abide is accept or act in accordance with. Accept or act in accordance with, meaning you cannot walk with somebody that you don't accept or you don't act in accordance with, okay? So if, if uh, someone is just saying something completely negative about you, about your family, about your life, about your friends, about your choice of food, whatever it would be, it, you can't walk with them. It's difficult. You'll have this disagreement, this argument. It'll be challenging just to say hi to them. Like, you know, you just don't... Think of it like this. You go on a long trip, and the first day you recognize that you two just disagree on everything. You realize at that point, this is going to be a difficult trip. And you could be going to the greatest place in the world, but the difficulty of that trip is because you can't walk in harmony. So again, abide is in reference to walking in harmony with the Holy Spirit. Let's go to the book of John, chapter 15, and we're going to read 1 through 11. But We're going to break it up a little bit. And if I could have somebody read uh, the, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 15, book of John, verses 1 through 3. Somebody jump up and read that. <laughs> Okay, so we're setting something up here where Jesus is talking. This is Jesus talking, okay? He's teaching us something. I am the true vine, okay? And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So this is a a little, not scary, but it's just something very clear that if something is not bearing fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, okay, that it may bear more fruit. And then he says in verse 3, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So the, the general premise for this part of this scripture is this. God pays attention to our walk, to our state of being. He pays attention. It's not a simple, uh, you know, when uh, sometimes when the gospel is presented, we're taught, you know, say this prayer, right? You repent, you invite Jesus into your heart, and at that point, it's done. You're a Christian, right? The reality is that there is this ongoing, day to day, daily, Addressing uh, 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 confrontation, these moments of building and growing, and Scripture teaches us, "I am the true vine." Right. So every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. Every branch that He does that does bear fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Meaning that there is an ongoing process to you and your life. It is not just a one-time thing. It is an ongoing process. Uh, one of the doctrinal positions that that I teach is a word called renewal, that we're in this state of renewal, that we we have repented, we have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but now we're in a process of renewal. God's taking us through and dealing with us. Is it fast? No. Is it hard? Yes. (laughs) All right, let's read verse four. Okay, somebody read verse four. Chapter 15, verse four. Yeah? Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself abide: Okay, now we're starting to get some depth to this, some understanding. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Let's stop there. Okay. We're going to have to define fruit a little bit, and we will. But what's, say, what's being said here, if we are the branch, we cannot bear fruit by ourselves. We can't, we can't present something by ourselves. I like what uh, Francis Chan, he gave an illustration. He had, a, he had a branch from a tree, and he showed it to everybody. He said, this is a branch. Without the tree, it doesn't grow anymore. And he says, without the tree, you, it doesn't have no fruit. And he says, you can tape an apple to it. <laughs> And you could say, there's fruit on that branch. But the reality is, it is not bearing fruit. It is not healthy. It will eventually die. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So the clarity for all of us here today, the abiding, to abide in, is to, number one, seek relationship with our Father in heaven. Okay? You cannot bear fruit without that relationship. I'm going to read verse 5 through 7. John 15, 5 through 7. I am the vine, you are the branches. And this is Jesus speaking again. Whoever abides in me and I in him, He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Okay. This is where a lot of times we can read this in verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Without the proper context, what that some people can think is that if I pray this, it's going to happen. If I pray this prayer, God's going to do it. And there's a slight miscalculation there if you don't include that the abiding first must be there. Because... Because if there's a branch or a branch connected to a vine, the vine grows certain things. Okay? So the branch would not ask for a new Ferrari, right? <laughs> the branch would not tell the vine, hey, we need some good fruit. I need a good Ferrari. It's going to grow what is produced from the vine. So it's going to ask what the heart of the vine is, right? Right? This this is the adjustment in our lives, the renewal. We begin to understand, I know what I need to ask for because I know who I'm asking. If we read further in verse 8, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Okay. We're going to go back a little bit, and I want to briefly reexamine some of these scriptures. In, verse 15, in chapter 15, verse 4. Okay. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. In verse 4, and this is an excerpt from the Life Application Study Bible, it says, Abide in me means to continue in a daily personal relationship with Jesus, characterized by trust, prayer, obedience, and joy. So what does abiding look like? Those things right there. Trust, prayer, obedience, and joy. Those are challenging. Let me say it like this. There are moments when, you, when you're looking to maybe make a life change or something's going to be different. And you don't know what's on the other side of that decision. Trust is hard when it happens like that. <laughs> right? Right? You know those those trust fall experiments? People say that they're fundamentally flawed because you can see the person before you fall into someone else's arms. Now they said blindfold everybody, put them up somewhere and don't show them anybody else and see if they fall still. Because there's a reality that when we trust God, it is one of the biggest challenges of our lives. Because we don't know what's going to come. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't have the solution. I've been in an ongoing conversation with different people in the past couple of weeks where I'm saying, I don't have solutions for this. And I'm a solutions guy. Like, I have answers. Like, if you talk to me, and you got some issues going on, man, I can, boom, we can source it out, structure it, get some framework. We can find an answer, find a solution. And there's some areas in my life right now that I'm like, I don't have the answers for this. I don't know what to do. And in this moment, as we look at the abiding, we understand that is trust. We say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I don't know. I have to trust you. How do we build that trust? Through prayer. How do we live out that trust? Through obedience. If God asks you to do something, you do it even not knowing, man, I don't, I don't know how this makes sense. I don't know why we would do this. And joy. Joy is another one because there's, there's a sense of obedience, right, where you, you may listen and do it, but you're angry. You're just, you're just bothered. Like, you know, I remember being a kid, listening to my dad. I'm obeying, but I'm mad at you. <laughs> you know, I see it in my son sometimes. You know, hey, Isai, go pick up your room. You know, and like, Dad. <laughs> It's the middle of this video game, you know, like, and he's angry. He obeys, but he's angry. And, but that's a reflection of us. We can sometimes obey, but we're angry. And I'm saying in this, a characterization of truly abiding is the joy of saying, Lord, I'm going to listen to you because I, I know that you have what's best lined up for me. In, in 15, five through six, there's another breakdown here from the life application study Bible, which I thoroughly enjoy. It says, abiding in Christ means, number one, believing that he is God's son. Okay, number two, receiving him as Savior and Lord. Number three, doing what God says. Number four, continuing to believe the gospel. Let me stop right there. Number four, continuing to believe the gospel. And what is the gospel? Remember, uh, this is the gospel that I, I presented that I heard that I thought was amazing. Like you have two folders, right? One of them is filled with all the things you've ever done bad, and the other one is, is the folder that belongs to Jesus, and it's filled with any, everything that's perfect, uh, who had a man who had no sin. And the gospel is that they take the contents of what is in the folder that belongs to Jesus, and they put it in your folder. And they take the contents of your folder and they put it in the folder that belongs to Jesus. And God's wrath is poured out on Jesus and not on you. That is the gospel. And this is the reality of what I'm saying. We continue to believe the gospel because we are sinful in our nature. We don't, we don't wake up every morning and are perfect and, and sin free. I like what one pastor was saying today and I posted it on Instagram. He was saying it's easy to believe that God died for, or or Jesus died for the drug dealers and the gangbangers, right? It's easy to believe that. It's easy to believe all the wickedness that we see, and we're like, oh, Jesus died for them, you know, they need Jesus. But he says, but they all, he also died for the gossipers, the sluggards, right? The ones who our sin is not maybe as overtly displayed. But it's maybe held within and tempered and disguised and people see us and think we're perfect. Jesus still died for us. That is the gospel. And we continue to believe that in the abiding. And and the fifth one, relating in love to the community of believers. That's one of the, the things we do. Abiding means we relate in love to the community of believers. Meaning this, we see other Christians and we don't despise them. We see other Christians and think like, man, awesome. I'm glad there's another Christian. Like I celebrate, I I love uh, Pastor Sean Mandoli. I was just telling Vanessa, he is by far one of my favorite pastors because he is a real pastor. (laughs) I say that because this guy could be in some huge ministry, but you know what he told me? Being part of a huge ministry, you can't pay attention to the people. You have so much of these other things to do that you can't pay attention to the people, and I was like, (laughs) I believe him. Like he he is someone who is from a large ministry, but is pastoring a small church in uh, Boyle Heights. And every time I get around him, I think like he's like a real pastor. He's a real one. And I look at this in the abiding, relating in love to the community of believers, and I see someone like him, and I think, praise God, man, that that guy is there in that community, reaching those people, talking to that community, sharing the the gospel, going into the schools, doing every project he can to connect with people in that area of Los Angeles. And I think, praise God, that's awesome. That's part of the abiding, right? In 15 verse 8, it says when a vine bears much fruit god is glorified for daily he sent the sunshine and rain to make the crops grow and constantly he nurtured each tiny plant prepared it to blossom what a moment of glory for the lord of the harvest when the harvest is brought into the barns mature and ready for use he made it all happen this farming analogy shows how god is glorified when people come into a right relationship with him and begin to bear much fruit in their lives okay So, we need to understand fruit, okay? Fruit, as defined in Scripture, is found in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 16 through 24. We keep reading this, bear much fruit, Uh, you know, no fruit, good fruit, bad fruit, but Galatians 5, 16 through 24. Maybe someone can stand up and just read that whole thing all the way through. Galatians 5, 16 through 24.
1: immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfishness,
0: 224, yeah. Thank you. Okay, so Galatians 5, 16 through 24, we read the whole thing for context because it shows us both sides of that coin. It shows us the fruits of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit. So we examine it from a place, number one, I will tell you this, you will probably find more often things that you are familiar with on the flesh side. Things that you battle with, that you deal with, that is an ongoing struggle, things that you want to get out of your life so you're identifying it. And what I'm saying is this, The fruit of the spirit is what is listed there so when we talk about abiding right and we read john 15 and it says i am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and i in him he it is that bears much fruit so we see now what the fruit is okay the fruit is love joy peace patience kindness Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let me explain it like this. These are the things that are our standards for Christianity. This is how we can begin to see how God is working in us. Uh, I think I've shared the story before, but there was a story of a pastor I know. He's a missionary. He was um, in a country that was divided racially. Okay, there was major segregation. There was wars being fought from one group and the other group. And he was part of those wars. He absolutely hated another race. And he went and fought in the war happily. He was a literal, like, killer. He's a um, he's still a missionary to this day. He's a former rugby player. Okay, so you meet him and you're like, oh man, this dude's beefy. But you... you talk to him and he's like he's just he just loves the lord and you and you're like you're you know super nice guy he's always like hey come over you know like let's, let's barbecue let's hang out and so we're talking he starts telling me his testimony his story and he says you know it, it wasn't all at once that god changed me i had so much hatred in my heart he says the neighborhood that i lived in we didn't allow anybody from that other race in that neighborhood he says, as a matter of fact, I should be in prison because we killed people that walked in. And I was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? He starts telling me the whole story, his whole story, his testimony. He's like, I hated them. I had such hatred in my heart. And he says, and you know, I started going to church. God started dealing with me. And I found myself at this church service. And he says, and I was leaving. And it was a hot day. And he says, I was leaving. I see somebody that it would have normally have tried to kill. And God told me, give him a ride. And he said, he started like, no, like. (laughs) And he pulled over and he let the guy and he told him, hey, where are you going? I'll give you a ride. So the guy gets in and he said he had a cold can of soda sitting on his like uh, the cup holder near his dash. And he told the guy, hey, are you thirsty? Have some. And the guy was like, No, no, I'm okay. And he was like, No, no, have some. Go ahead. And he said, The guy opened it, drank some, and then handed it to him. And he said, He got it and he drank some and he put it down. And he said, He didn't realize what had just happened until he dropped the guy off and got home. He said, God had changed him. And and he said, He began to see the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He said he began to see it evident in his life. And he said he had no way of arguing that he was now a Christian. And he was a man that, uh, uh, like his whole story is crazy, man. He, he was not only a murderer, he was a killer, he was, he was a drunkard. His, his, uh, his wife now would go uh, carry him home from the bar. He was so messed up. And his story now is just how the fruit of the Spirit, how the abiding in Christ began to change him. And the things that started growing out of him was was the fruit of the Spirit because he was connected to Jesus. See, we abide and we continue in a daily personal relationship with Jesus characterized by trust, prayer, obedience, and joy. His testimony was a moment of obedience where the Holy Spirit said, Pick him up, you know? (laughs) And he stopped and picked him up. Obedience and joy in Jesus. And it is by his power that we produce the fruit. That's the miracle in all of this. You and I were not called to make the fruit appear. (laughs) That's the good thing. Right? We don't have to make it happen. We still get angry. There's things that God's still dealing with us. But we don't have to make it appear. It is we are called to abide in the vine, be connected to the vine. It is the vine, the branch, and then the fruit. What's important in all of our life, every single one of us, is not what we do for God. It's what God does through us. It's not what we do for God. It's what God does through us. We're a branch. We're a conduit. Right, we don't have to make. We don't have to tape apples to our branch. We have to make it happen. Make it look good. God's dealing with us, and it happens as we stay connected. I'm going to say this, and then we'll, we'll close. But one of the challenges of being a Christian is like this. You know, when when um, we go we go pick up our son from school, right? And you're driving in the neighborhood, and you see these trees, like a lemon tree. Uh, there's a few like like good trees that have good fruit and you're walking or driving by, you see them, you know, naturally, if it's hanging there, you'll grab one. But so does everybody else. So you could literally see when you're driving these trees hanging over a fence, all the fruit gone that's in reaching distance. Because it's there, it's free. Grab it, take it, you know, take it home. Go make some lemonade, you know, like whatever's there, they grab it. The hard part is sometimes we begin to think, that the fruit belongs to us, that we've produced it. And we begin to get almost sometimes angry when, you know, someone takes what God has given. Even in the sense of like a a ministry or something we're doing, and we feel like, I'm doing this for you, Lord, and God uses it, and then it's gone. And we begin to think, man, that was my fruit. But it wasn't. It's God. It's his fruit. And it's the, what he does through us. One of the hardest things is to see the fruit of your life picked away in some areas, right? So you have uh, uh, just peace, okay? And this is, um, I'm still, I don't have a, a doctrinal framework for this. And this is almost like in a theoretical place. I'm not saying this is a, a, a biblical principle to live by. But I am saying this. That when we have peace, it's the chaos in others that is attracted to us. When we have peace, these people that are like going through craziness will wanna come hang out with you. And you're kinda of like, bro, like, I don't want your craziness. Like, you know, like, it, it, I remember talking with um, a few people and saying, like, I, I remember seeing homeless people that are, they're just, they're wild, man. They're yelling, they're cussing. And I'm like, I already know they're going to come sit next to me. I already know. There's like 50 people here. They're going to come sit next to me. And I never understood why. And again, this I'm not saying to build a, a biblical doctrine off of this. I'm saying this just happened, that these wild, crazy homeless people would end up right in front of me. And I never understood. I was like, like what do I do? Like, how, why, why are they attracted to me? Like, do I look homeless? Like, you know, they're like, hey, a friend of ours. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. But as they begin to understand, it's like the attraction was that there's, there's Christ in you. Yes, that's right. I'll even share a story. Vanessa and I, before we left to go be missionaries, we were at a restaurant and there was a glass window. Okay? On the outside, it's reflective. So you couldn't see in. So we're sitting there having dinner or lunch, I think. And we're sitting there and we're talking and this homeless guy comes up to the window and just starts banging and cussing. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, like what did we do? And then I realize he can't even see in though. Like, why did he pick our table out of all the tables? And what I'm saying is that when you're walking, you're abiding in Jesus, all the brokenness will see the wholeness and they'll come try to pick the fruit. And what I'm saying is in that, that's okay, because that fruit will grow again, okay? The peace that they're seeking, you can share with them. You can give to them, okay? And it's okay if you feel like, man, but I'm not at peace right now. You're, you're part of the vine. It's going to grow again. It's going to come again. You'll never run out, as long as you're connected to the vine. Uh, Melvin, you can come up and strum. But fruit may grow on us so that others may be nourished. And I want you to stand. I just want, I got one last point. I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Mancha. But fruit may grow on us so that others may be nourished. My last point would be this. What is produced is not just for you. Okay, Let let me say it like this. What is produced is not just for you. What God does through you is not just for you. There are those around you that God's gonna.